0: And the, and the Emmy goes to And the Emmy goes to Breaking back Modern Family, feet <laughs> Homeland. Oh, Creek. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of The Next Best Series Podcast, part of The Next Best Picture Podcast Umbrella. I am your host Matt Neglia. Time of recording is 9:24 p.m. on December 21st, 2020. Here to join me today, I have Michael Schwartz. Hello everyone. And Ryan C. Showers. Hello, hello. All right, so we have a lot of television to talk about this week. And not just in terms of what we've been watching, but also to kind of recap the best television that we saw in 2020. I don't suspect that we're necessarily going to cover everything that everybody watched in 2020. So we'll just keep this personal. What worked for you this year? I know for myself, I'm very selective with television, so I typically don't watch everything, and I'm usually pretty behind, you know, compared to you and Ryan, Michael. But I thought this would be a good chance for us, because this is December, this is our episode for this month, to kind of talk about what this year for television has meant for us, especially going through a pandemic and the role that it has played in our lives. So why don't we first start off with what we have actively been watching lately since the last time we were here on the show. Ryan, I pass it off to you first.
1: So the big, the two big series I've watched recently, um, and I have to say my television watching has been kind of put on the back burner recently because there have just been so many Oscar films that have been um, released. So I've been really trying to stay on top of that. It's
0: end of year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's end typical.
1: of year. It's busy for us. And, um, you know, with different screeners coming out and different... Um, Pieces moving around, we have to stay engaged with that. So, um, but I did watch um, The Crown uh, season four, which uh, came out about a month ago, and I found it to be my favorite season of the series so far. Uh, it, uh, I, the key to why I think I connected with it most was because I know so I have such a a, a knowledge of the the characters that were being portrayed this season. Uh, it just, and it, in addition to that, the storytelling was just richer, and there was there weren't as many filler episodes, and um, it was just the crown operating at the best that it could be. Um, and the other new series I um, really dedicated um, a, a, a holy hour to every week was um, The Undoing with Nicole Kidman and and Hugh Grant. Uh, I uh, it's no secret that I am a big David E. Kelly slash Nicole Kidman fan. Uh, and I, to be honest, I will say the series did let me down in, sever- in, a, in a little, in a little bit of um, a little bit. It was not the quality that Big Little Lies would have le- led you to believe that it could have been with the talent involved. For this, I blame the direction. I do think that the the, um, the undoing would have been served with a, a better served with a director uh, who was uh, maybe more experienced or. More attuned to um, like different filmmaking styles. Um, often, I found the directing to be overwrought and dramatic, um, too too dramatic to the point. Um, but that being said, I still really loved the show. Um, and not loved. I really enjoyed watching it. I looked forward to watching it every every Monday morning or Sunday evening. So, and Nicole um, Nicole Kidman is great. I hope that she gets some attention. This. Award season even though this isn't one of her best television performances she's still very good and um, it's just, it was just a fun time and actually the best thing about The Undoing was one, I predicted the ending correctly um, from like episode two but also I loved that there was so much engagement from people in like in film in Twitter, in the public I feel like hey, this was a show that really did catch on with normal people in a way that like even shows like Sharp Objects did not. Or, I don't know, everybody just seemed more engaged with it. Like, I, I, had, I heard everybody talking about it, which was really cool. Yeah,
0: I agree. There was a lot of buzz around that finale, especially, and everybody was talking about it during those final episodes there. It was the kind of show where at the end of every single episode, they would have this type of cliffhanger that would make you want to watch the next episode. And I agree, it's not great. I enjoyed it for what it was. And I liked it. I wouldn't say that I loved it. You know, right from the very, very beginning when I f- saw the first episode, I remember thinking to myself, oh, another mystery murder television show with socialite wealthy people in New York. Like, uh, OK, you know, I did appreciate the twists and turns. I appreciated it. It kept me on my toes. I actually didn't predict the ending uh, right away. Took me a little while to get up to speed on where it was going. But yeah, no, on the whole,
1: you know, it's a mini series. It ain't coming back. I would recommend it to somebody. It's, and like you said, Matt, like this is, this genre is very well defined within pop culture. I think it's something that people connect to. For me, this genre is very much my brand. I really love thriller, mystery, noir noir types of stories. So, in that sense, um, the undoing does deliver, and it's very entertaining. And I would definitely, I would even watch it again from start to finish. But I, is it a great uh, miniseries? No, I don't think it is. Um, is it one of Nicole Kidman's better performances? No. Um, but I still think it's a lot of fun. And um, I do, and again, like I'm so happy to see so many people engaged with Nicole's work and David a. Kelly's work. To be honest, it was just you know and to see people engaged in a an adult centric piece of entertainment because we don't see that as much often on a wide scale like we see it all the time with film twitter and like um you know art films but we know i i don't see it as much with adult centered movies or television shows in the way that i saw with the undoing in terms of how far it reached into the public and how many people i knew were talking about it and watching it and i'm sure part of that was the pandemic and i'm glad that you know in retro I was really sad last May when um, HBO decided to move The Undoing to the fall but in retrospect it kind of worked out for HBO because uh, during the pandemic you know not there's not much new on TV and that really kind of funneled everyone's focus into just this one thing so it, the, the Undoing really got a spotlight
0: And, you know, I'm going to use that to just piggyback and, you know, kind of just talk about a new drama that is in a very similar territory. But I don't know if it's necessarily going to work for me personally. But I can see it having that same impact, Ryan, that you're talking about, where the general public is really responding to it. And that was a, a new show on Showtime called Your Honor with Brian Cranston and Michael oh, Stuhlbarg. Oh, it is so good. So I, good. See, see, OK, that right there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it. I recognize why it's good. My thing is that it just feels too familiar right now. And like the undoing, it is good. And I and I can get the sense already that the general public, those who watch the show, especially because they're going to watch it for Brian Cranston, you know, I, I, I get it. I understand why people are saying that it's good. To me, I don't think it's uniquely good. If that makes sense, like I feel like I've seen this before and it's not necessarily doing anything new, pushing the envelope. And you know what? Like, that's just my thing now with television is I I just kind of expect more nowadays. I like a well told story just as much as anybody. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know, Michael, you've seen it like, you know, and you seem pretty enthusiastic about it. I mean,
2: where do you fall on that? So here's the difference between the undoing and your honor for me. I thought The Undoing was entertaining, but that was a show that I knew from the first episode where it was going. It was very clear to me what this mystery, the answer was, and it was solved exactly as I predicted from week one. Uh, it was more entertaining to watch uh, the Nicole Kidman and her coat and just the fashion of, uh, you know, the socialites in New York that was uh, engaging. But with Your Honor... There's not really a mystery there. You know what happened from the first few minutes yeah. of that first episode. It's all the twists and turns that come along the way. So you're not left saying, oh, well, it has to be this because, you know, I'm putting the pieces together. There are no pieces to put together here. They just keep throwing pieces at you.
0: Yeah, they're just trying to create a compelling crime drama, really, at the end yeah, of the day. I,
2: I find it very engaging. Uh, it's so good to see Brian Cranston in a series like this again. It's produced by Robert and Michelle King from uh, The Good Wife and The Good Fight. So I like to see whatever they attach their names to. And I think this is a really worthwhile program adapted from an Israeli series. And it now, now it's set in uh, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm really engaged. It's a 10-episode series that will keep going into next year. Uh, for all intents and purposes, I'm not really consider, considering it a 2020 show because the majority of the episodes will come from next year. But it premiered in 2020 now. Uh, it's like when you have the Emmy cutoff. It has to be like half after... If half the episodes premiere after the cutoff date, it's not eligible for that year. Mm. So I'm going to call it a 2021 show, even though it's definitely falling into the Emmy season. That's why the Emmys don't have a December cutoff. It's a May cutoff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that with next year's Emmys, I'm sure. But I'm really liking that one. uh, One of the shows I'm watching lately. I echo what Ryan said about The Crown. I think it was by far the best season of that show. And I've liked the show a lot, but this one was just you know, heads and shoulders above the others. You have Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher. Emma Cronin uh, as uh, Princess Di is remarkable. And of course, Josh O'Connor. He blew me away this time around. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, uh, they
1: all did. Especially Gillian, especially um, Anderson. She, she was my favorite. Like I, Michael, I remember you and I talking about this, like comparing her performance with Meryl Streep's Oscar winning performance as Margaret Mm -hmm. Thatcher. It's such an interesting um it's they're they're so different. Like they're they couldn't be more different in terms of their approach.
0: Reminds me of John lifkow and Gary Oldman. That's,
2: <laughs> totally.
1: That's exactly the same comparison, literally. Only well, the two yeah. Thatcher
2: performances are good. Ooh. Oh, really? come on now. Ooh. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so the Crown, Your Honor, uh, The Queen's Gambit. Have either of you watched that? Oh oh my god, did I ever? That was terrific. Last time we were here, I
0: think I'd mentioned how I started it. But after finishing it, I that that might be, uh, if not the best,
2: what definitely one of the best television programs I've seen this year. My family and friends are starting to catch up with it. And a lot of them see the first episode and they're turned off. They mm-hmm. say, oh, it's so dark, it's so depressing, I can't do this right now, the world is bleak enough. I'm like, no, keep going, that's just the first episode that takes place in an orphanage. The rest of the show is very empowering. It's it's a dark show at times, but it's fun. You want to follow it and see where it goes, because this uh, protagonist, you're rooting for her so much of the time. So I, I think you could pretty much put anyone down in front of the show and say, hey, get through the first episode, it might be a little dark, but... Once you get through that, you have this really engaging story to carry you through the following six episodes.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think Anya Taylor Joy was unbelievably good in this show. Totally. I I think it's like some of the best work, if not the best work, that she's ever done. And I am in love, in love, with the score for the show. Yeah. <laughs> it actually became like kind of a joke in my uh, apartment with my roommates. As I was watching the show, they'd be like, oh, another piano cue. And I was like, that's Carlos Rafael Rivera for ya. <laughs> you. <know? laughs> oh, man. But I downloaded that soundtrack and I just listened to it anytime I need to just get some work done and bury my head deep into what it
2: is that I'm doing. And it just helps me get through it. You play chess in your ceiling when you can't sleep at night, right? I imagine gold statues. <laughs> so this are some of the big shows I'm watching right now. We're going to talk about the best of 2020 a little later. And there are a lot of other shows to touch on there. But as the ones I'm currently juggling, it's a. Uh those
0: before we get to the best of 2020 i have to mention because now all the episodes have aired at this point, and i've seen all of them now i have to mention steve mcqueen's small axe anthology hey everyone sorry to interrupt but this is a preview of the full episode of next best series in order to get the full episode you will have to head on over to patreon where for one dollar minimum a month you will get this episode and other exclusive podcast content from us you have been listening to the next best series podcast part of the next best picture podcast umbrella we are proud to be part of the evergreen podcast network You can subscribe to us anywhere where you listen to podcasts. If you're feeling generous, head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.